Thank you, everyone, for coming this afternoon. We'll read this afternoon from Jiva Goswami's Krishna Sandarbha. Now on the 82nd Anacheda, there's a section of Anachetas or sections here where Srila Jiva Goswami is explaining uh, the universal concordance of all the scriptures uh, where they are providing support for this underlying principle of Krishna's to Bhagavan Swayam. So this is this is the next stage. He's already shown through the Bhagavat, the Srimad Bhagavatam, the the significance of this Parivas Sutra in four very uh, conclusive ways, which uh, are analogous to a uh, the army of a king. So he's shown where the Srimad Bhagavatam is truly, can't, we can't look at this particular Puranic presentation and come away from the study of this Purana with any other conclusion than uh, Krishna is the supreme manifestation of the Godhead. So now he's going outside of the Srimad Bhagavatam and saying, and even and there's great support for this idea, even outside of the Bhagavatam. So we already know that Gaudiya Vaishnava tradition, it's a little unique in that we accept Srimad Bhagavatam as the topmost praman or evidence regarding the nature of the Supreme Absolute Truth. Whereas the majority of Vaishnav Sampradayas uh, turn to the Prastana Trai which is the Vedanta Sutra, the Ten Principal Upanishads, and the Bhagavad Gita. So they look at this triad of literary presentation as the topmost praman. So in our last discussion, we we kind of got into the fact that this the significance of a commentary on the Vedanta Sutra giving uh, new life or injecting new life through deeper spiritual revelation coming in disciplic succession. So we even look into our disciplic succession, one of the four major disciplic successions. We're in the Brahma Brahma, Madhva, Gaudiya, Sampradaya. So coming from Brahma all the way to Gaudiya or the presentation of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, there's many, many illustrious acharyas coming in our line, coming in all the lines of, of Vaishnav tradition, Sampradayas. But in our line and in the other lines, you'll notice from time to time that there'll be a deeper appreciation and, and an expression of that appreciation uh, for the Lord through more profound philosophical revelation. And that profound philosophical revelation that's coming to this Acharya and then the next Acharya in the line, when those Acharyas are, are extremely empowered uh, to reveal these inner revelations as to the uh, nature of the Supreme, uh, they 
make this available to humanity through the presentation of a boss, I'm sorry, a boss, uh, well, Basha, Govinda Basha, uh, they give a, 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 discre- a more elaborate and, um, rev- and present in a more revolutionary, spiritually revolutionary way. Not that they're revolting against the Sampradaya that they represent, but they're giving us a deeper appreciation. They make that available to humanity through a commentary on the Vedanta Sutra. So that's been done, and it's been done to such an extent that now it's a standard. It's a standard. If you have something significant to say and a new major contribution to the religious thought, the spiritual thought of the Sampradaya, then you write a commentary on the Vedanta Sutra. After the time of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Sri Chaitanya's followers had, through the vision of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, the realization that, well, Srila Vyasadeva himself gave the best commentary on the Vedanta Sutra. He was the author of the Vedanta Sutra, but in his mature meditation, he revealed another Srimad Bhagavatam. He went back and he rewrote the Bhagavatam. So we don't need a commentary on the Vedanta Sutra. We're fine. Let's, Bhagavatam is the mature commentary on the Vedanta Sutra. You don't need a deeper commentary than the Srimad Bhagavatam. It's got it all. So we're happy. The Gaudias are happy with that. The other Vaishnav traditions weren't so quick to jump on our bandwagon. They didn't want to march to our drummer. You know, we had our drummers. We had the Goswamis coming and they'd written all these literatures all based on the Bhagavatam. And when they were confronted with this, that the other traditions were kind of like downplaying the significance of Sri Chaitanya Sampradaya, they were like, well, they should just read the Bhagavatam. That's the mature commentary. And even the, you know, so they never bothered to follow the tradition. They scream from the rooftops, tradition, tradition. Well, the Gaudias didn't want to follow that tradition of giving a commentary on the Vedanta Sutra. But eventually they relented. And they gave the task to Baladeva Vijabhushan. So we Gaudias also have a commentary on the Vedanta Sutra. Are we studying it? Do we notice that our Acharyas, Bhakti Siddhanta, Bhakti Vinod, Vishwanath, do we see do we see any in any of their deep commentaries, you know? This uh, reference, I'm talking in the more contemporary times, because Baladev came after the Goswamis, we don't see a great amount of mention of this great, quote, quote, commentary on the Vedanta Sutra, which is supposed to be the justification for the Gaudiya line. We don't find that. So, one would, you know, we have a different way of looking at things. We, we generally, it, Bhagavatam is all we, all we really want. 
and we find that our Acharyas and even our contemporary Acharyas, Bhaktivinoda, Bhaktisiddhanta, Bhaktivedanta, they, they really didn't, none of them spent much time commenting on or even bringing Baladev Vijibhushan's commentary on the Vedanta Sutra into their commentaries in presenting the literatures. It's just not there a lot. Because why? Because the significance of the Bhagavatam to our Sampradaya just outshines everything. Be that as it may, here we find by Srila Jiva Goswami some... uh, He's already extensively for how many Anuchedas have we been into this fourfold army in support of the Parivas Sutra based on the statements from the Srimad Bhagavatam, statements that concord with Krishna as the Supreme Personality of Godhead, showing that all the narrations are about them, and then going into the hermeneutics of literary presentation, how literatures are put together into words, into words, into sentences, sentences into clauses, clauses into paragraphs, and all these different words that we learned in the hermeneutics section from Jiva that, you know, is new to us generally because they're all related to the the composition of Sanskrit. But still, he brought that in as evidence and showed that in the Bhagavatam, you can't come to another conclusion than Krishna's the Supreme Personality of Godhead. So, for us, Western Gaudias, well, this has just been pounded into us since the time that... You know, Bhakti Vedanta Swami crossed the ocean and, and introduced Krishna consciousness. Gaudiya Vaishnavism means what? Krishna is the supreme personality of Godhead. The first book, you know, the first one of the first books coming out in 1970 after the Bhagavad Gita and after the teachings of Lord Chaitanya, the next book is what? Krishna, the supreme personality of Godhead. So, Krishna's to Bhagavan Swayam. And if you read the Bhaktivedanta purports throughout his Bhagavatam, throughout his Chaitanya Charitamrita, but mostly in the Bhagavatam, um, but throughout the Parivas Sutras there, practically in every paragraph, I mean, how many times do you read Krishna, the Supreme Personality of Godhead? So, this, this point, uh, Jiva's now making some concession here in the Krishna Sandarbha. You're not, even if you go out of the arena of the presentation of the Srimad Bhagavatam, and we look to the Prastana Trayi, this triad of the Vedanta Sutra, and its associated commentaries, Bhagavad Gita, and the ten major Upanishads that the other Vaishnav Sampradayas consider to be the primary evidence, Praman, uh, you're still going to find this same conclusion. Universal concordance of all the scriptures. This is referred to as Gati Samanya. This evening's discussion is on part of the 82nd Anucheda, 
at dealing with one of those three literatures. Bhagavad Gita. So now we're going to be schooled in Bhagavad Gita according to the vision of Srila Jiva Goswami. And you're going to hear some things in here that you haven't heard before about Bhagavad Gita. So, Jiva Goswami writes, In the same vein, because it is specifically Sri Krishna's glory that is unparalleled and unsurpassable, he himself, in the concluding statements of the Gita, the essence of the meaning of all scripture, instructed Arjuna in bhajan alone, which surpasses that of all his other manifestations. I'm sorry, I left out the word. His bhajan. In other words, Krishna instructed Arjuna in bhajan to him, which surpasses all his other manifestations. How does he do that? He does that in the concluding words of the Bhagavad Gita. This bhajan is in the form of love for Bhagavan, which is venerated by all devotees as the most confidential secret of all. Sarva Guyatama. After asserting, O son of Kunti, what, out of delusion, you do not wish to perform, you will perform helplessly in any case, being bound by your own actions born of your acquired nature. That's from 1860. So that kind of opens up the discussion. Well, this is kind of where Jiva's going to point out, and what's pointed out in the commentary here, this is where the Gita started. Arjuna said, I don't want to fight with my relatives. Um, don't make me fight with my relatives. Well, as we know, Krishna, we, we know that this was a temporary, he, Arjuna was put in temporary illusion for the benefit of mankind. How do we know that he was put in temporary illusion and wasn't really upset about fighting with his relatives? Well, how did this... Well, first of all, Krishna said, how did this come over you? This is not... This is not what? You've, you've, never, you've never been like this before. You're a kshatriya. Look at what you've done in your life. So what comes out in the commentary is a very interesting story. Arjuna's already been here and already done this. He's already fought with the Kurus. He's already had a battle. He's already defeated them all earlier. So from the Mahabharata, what we learn is, and we know that Arjuna became a eunuch at one time. So what happened, as told in the Mahabharata, that is Arjuna was acting as a eunuch. At the time, in the kingdom of Viraja, the king was off fighting another battle. The Kurus came to his kingdom 
and stole his cows. He was away in another battle. Now the whole time Arjuna is acting like a eunuch, Brihanala was his name, Brihanala, as a eunuch, and he was training uh, Uttara in dance. And he was concealing the fact that he was a Kshatriya during this time. So, along come the, the Kurus, and they stole the king's cows, and the son of the king, Viraja, I have to stand up to these guys that have they've stolen from my father. So he wanted to go to battle. He wanted to, he wanted to protect the kingdom. He wanted to, you know, to to bring the cows back, of course, from these upsurpers who had simply come and 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 done this thievery in the absence of his father, the king, who was off fighting another battle. Everybody was off fighting the battle with the father. He had no one to rely on. He couldn't even find a charioteer. So Arjuna, being a Kshatriya, his blood got, I mean, these, these Kurus just stole cows. His blood started to boil as a Kshatriya. And he said, well, I'll act as your charioteer. And the king's son, whose name was also Atara, said, you're a eunuch. What the hell do you know about fighting? What to speak of, of being a charioteer? Uh, you couldn't do it. Well, Arjuna convinced him, well, let me try. So they went out and they, you know, tracked down, you know, the, the Koravas that, that had stolen the cows. Tracked them down. And Uttara saw these, this, these formidable fighters, Bhishma, Drona, you know, they're all there. And he's like, he got frightened. I can't. Take me back to the castle. There's no me. There's no way that I can fight with people of this stature. Arjuna was like, settle down. My name, my true identity is that of Arjuna. Why don't you and I trade places? I'll be the warrior and you be my charioteer and I will defeat these guys. And he did. He fought with all of them. He fought with Bhishma. He fought with Drona. He fought with the other major people, the major Kauravas who had stolen these cows and defeated all of them. So along comes the battle of Kurukshetra and here's Arjuna lamenting, oh, I'm going to have to kill my relatives. And Krishna's like, it's like, a, is this a joke? You've already defeated these guys earlier in your life, you know, by yourself. You had no, look at, we have a whole army here. And you're, you're overcome by grief, you know. So it's an interesting perspective that what really was this illusion that Arjuna had been overcome by grief? Arjuna's a Kshatriya. Kshatriyas are not overcome by grief for family members. It is not their nature. So that's why 
at this place in the Gita, the 60th verse of the 18th chapter, Krishna is telling Arjuna, you're helpless here. What do you, what do you, we've gone through this whole thing and you can't not fight with them. Maybe you, right now, you don't feel like it, but a moment from now, you're going to wake up and you're going to realize who you are and what you're all about. And it is your nature to fight. And because of that nature, you cannot go against it. Even if I told you not to fight, you couldn't not fight. Is basically basically what's going on here. So, this understanding that Jiva's giving is, is for us instructional, and he's bringing it up right here as an introduction to his toolage on what is the main message of the Bhagavad Gita. And the main message of the Bhagavad Gita is not that you give up material attachments, you know, to be a peaceful person. You can't give up your nature. That's not the message. The message is, you know, and a lot of people think, well, that's the message of Bhagavad Gita, that someone has to has to renounce their attachments even up to the point of killing their family members. No. No. There are Kshatriyas and they have a nature. That's another thing. But as far as, you know, that's... that's So that's what Jiva's saying. This is not the message of Bhagavad Gita. Now let me tell you what the message of Bhagavad Gita is. Jiva Goswami continues here. And he's quoted the 60th verse. And now he's going to quote in his Anucheta the next group of verses spoken by Krishna. O Arjuna, the supreme immanent self, Ishvara, resides in the hearts of all living beings. By his extrinsic potency, he causes all of them to revolve through the cycle of creation, maintenance, and dissolution, as if they were riding upon the machine of their bodies. O Arjuna, seek refuge in him alone with all of your being. By his grace, you will attain supreme peace and the eternal abode. Thus, I have declared to you knowledge more secret than all secrets. Reflect on it fully and then do as you wish. Guyad, Guya Taramaya more confidential. Guya Tara goes on in the 64th verse. Here again my supreme instruction, the foremost of all secrets. Because you are extremely dear to me, I shall, I shall disclose this beneficial teaching to you. Sarva Guyatamam Buya. More confidential most confidential. And then what's most confidential? Manmara bhava bad bhakto bhajaji mam namaskuru mamevayasi satyamte pratijani priyosime fix your mind on me, become my devotee, worship me and bow down to me. By doing so you will come to me, I promise 
this to you truly because you are dear to me. And then we come to Sarva Dharmam Parichyaja Mamekam Saranam Raja Abandon all, abandoning completely all attachment to conventional duties, seek refuge, refuge in me alone. I will free you from all sins. Do not grieve. So, these are verses 61 through 66 of the 18th chapter of the Gita. Now, we're going to get Jiva Goswami's commentary on those verses and what really is the message of the Bhagavad Gita. And how was it presented by Krishna? The purport, Jiva says here, of these verses is as follows. In the beginning of the Gita it is said, you are grieving for those who are unworthy of grief and yet speaking as though learned. Those who are truly wise lament neither for the dead nor for the living. Yiva continues after quoting this verse from the second chapter. The Gita is not prescribing warfare on the basis of such statements. Because such an outcome is inevitable in any event. So he's not even talking about warfare. We would think, you would think, that the common use of the language is he's urging Arjuna to fight. It's not the message of the Gita at all, Jiva Goswami saying here. As expressed in other assertions, such as verse 1860, which was, you can't go against your nature. What, out of delusion, do you wish to perform? You will perform helplessly in any case. I'm sorry, what you do not wish to perform, or Judah didn't want to fight, you're going to do it anyway. You just, you're going to. Consequently, the Gita is prescriptive of the supreme goal alone, Paramartha, the topmost attainment. And even among teachers on the supreme goal, the Gita's precepts are more confidential, Guyatara, than other instructions, as stated above. Here again, my supreme instruction, the foremost of all secrets, Sarva Guyatama, 1864, this most confidential knowledge, Guyatara, is presented from verse 61. So here in the Gita, we have a lot of confidential knowledge, and Krishna's pointing it at, pointed it out as presented. So where did we start with the confidential knowledge? Well, we start back in the ninth chapter. Rajavidya, Rajaguyam, Pavitram, Idam, Uttamam, Pratyakya Savgamam Dharmyam Pratyaksha Vagamam Dharmyam Sasukam Kartumavyayam Raja Vidya Raja Guyam This is this is where we begin. This knowledge is the most secret of all secrets, the purest knowledge, because it gives direct perception of the self by realization. It is the perfection of religion. It is everlasting and it is joyfully performed. So, Rajaguyam, the king of confidential knowledge. So, Jiva now begins to unpack this whole idea of the various levels of confidentiality and what they represent. 
The meaning of the individual verses beginning in 1861 is as follows. The one supreme regulator, Isvara, who is the indwelling self of the entire cosmos, causes all living beings who are mounted on the mechanism of samsara to roam about, impelled by his extrinsic potency, Maya, while he remains situated in the region of their hearts. O Arjuna, seek refuge in him alone, with all of your being, sarva bhavena. Or in other words, with the awareness, bhavana, that all this is only the purusha. The whole material manifestation is the purusha. Alternatively, sarva bhavena could mean by engaging the totality of your sense capabilities or capacities. By his grace, you will attain supreme peace, param santim, meaning his supreme devotion, paramam bhaktim, because Krishna has equated santi or sama with his bhakti in the following words. Sama means fixity of the intelligence in me. Samo mam nistata buddhi. That's from Krishna's instructions to Uddhava in the 11th canto. The word stanam means his avode. We're going to get somewhere. Just hang in here. Okay. 1863. Now he comes... Jiva writes, he goes back to, he quotes again, 1863. This knowledge of Isvara or Paramatma is more confidential. Guyataram. More confidential than what? The confidential knowledge. Well, what's the confidential knowledge about? Rajavidya, Rajaguyam, Pavitramitam, Uttamam. The confidential knowledge is knowledge of Brahman. Parmati. Brahmati, Paramatmati, Bhagavaniti Sabjate. Confidential knowledge is knowledge of Brahman, given back in the ninth chapter, the beginning. Now he's coming to more confidential knowledge. The more confidential knowledge is knowledge about Paramatma. And what's he saying about Paramatma? The whole universe is coming from Paramatma. This is confidential. This is more confidential than just knowledge of the Supreme who pervades everything. So see beyond just this conception and let's go to the more confidential Guyam. So, is more confidential Guyataram even than the knowledge of Brahman which is specified simply as confidential, Guya. The comparative suffix Tarap applies to the word guya, is used to show the superiority of the former over the latter. So remember back in the verse 63, which is basically the three verses that deal with the Paramatma conception in the 18th chapter, the wording was guya Torah or Toram. So more confidential. Torah, that Torah, Jeeva saying, that's what that Torah is there for. It's to show it's a more confidential understanding. Where am I? I got lost. Sorry. 
more confidential. Eighteen sixty four says, therefore, considering even this instruction as insufficient for Arjuna, he's given him instruction and he's given him more confidential instruction, confidential and more confidential. And then he said, but yeah, but Arjuna, you deserve more than this. You need to know deeper, deeper. His own exalted one-pointed devotee, Bhagavan Sri Krishna spontaneously instructs him in that knowledge which indeed is most worthy to be imbibed above all, the foremost secret revealed out of overwhelming mercy. Concerning that which transcends altogether the hierarchical levels of bhajan that are correlated to the respective gradations of the divinities to be worshipped. Jiva's writing all this. He's saying, see what's happening. He's, he's giving us, you know, people are worshipping. What is the verse? Vedanti tat tatva vidas tatvam yasgyanamadvayam. All these different worshippers have a different vision of the absolute truth. So, Jiva's bringing out here, but in the Bhagavad Gita, Krishna is really, he's acknowledging Brahmati, he's acknowledging Paramatmati as more confidential, but he goes on at the end of the work to say, let me give you the most confidential. Why? You're my dear friend. I couldn't hold it back from you. I couldn't just leave you with just something that wasn't the absolute best. You're that dear to me. Among Sri Bhagavan's numerous forms, such as the progression from Prajumna to Sankirtan to Vasudev to the master of the spiritual sky, Narayan, with this intent, Krishna begins, here again the foremost of all secrets. Although the use of the superlative form Guyatama is itself sufficient to signify that this instruction supersedes those concerning both the confidential, guya, as well as the more confidential, guyatura. Still, by addition of the word all, sarva, sarva, what is indicated is the furthest trans is the further transcendence even of the most confidential itself, Guyatama Api, which in this case means transcendence of the teachings of other scriptures directed toward the bhajan of the master of the spiritual sky, Narayan, or other such forms. I mean, Jiva's just, he's taking us right to the heart of the Sutra. Krishna's to Bhagavan Swayam. That's what he's doing here. With the, let's look at what the Bhagavad Gita is all about. And don't be misled. It wasn't about what the common man thinks it's about. And now that we know it wasn't about trying to get Arjuna to fight, it, it, you know, that wasn't there at all. Now, what was the message that Krishna wanted to give? This is so because the modifier all, sarva, indicates the full spectrum of entities that falls within its range. The superlative suffix, tabap, 
indicates superiority among a plurality. A plurality. In this case, Krishna describes this most confidential nature knowledge of all as his supreme paraman instruction, vacha. So it's it's rather unique, right? This progression of confidential knowledge is presented in the Bhagavad Gita and the way Jiva is bringing it out. Why is he bringing it out in this way? Because he wants to show that, well, one of those three limbs of evidence that you accept as far as providing the topmost understanding of Vaishnav Vedanta, all the Vaishnav Sampradayas are primarily expect, accepting as primary praman this Prasthana Trayi, Bhagavad Gita, Ten Major Upanishads, and Vedanta Sutra. After this, Krishna makes evident the case, impelling him to disclose such confidential instructions to Arjuna, because you are extremely dear to me. What Krishna intends to, by saying so is this. Such instruction of mine, whose authority is paramount, is certainly to be heard by you with the utmost attention. The reason for Krishna's revealing his own secret of such caliber is specified by the word, therefore, tata, because you are extremely dear, drita isa. Therefore, I shall disclose this beneficial teaching to you. The cause is pointed out here as being specifically due to the degree of Arjuna's dearness. Jiva's saying, this is not, this is super confidential. This is Krishna's Bhagavad Gita. You should see what, why, what is the topmost knowledge? Where does it, where does this knowledge, where does it culminate? In the Bhagavad Gita, Sarva Dharman Parijaja, just worship me. Me, which you? The most confidential me. I'm telling you, worship me. I am the topmost. It's the Dave. You can. It doesn't get better than than this. And you're allowed to know this because you are my friend. In this way, I mean, Jiva just goes on and on, you know. In this way, Arjuna's curiosity was aroused to discover what this foremost secret was. And with this expectation, he joined his palms together out of respect, with tears of love flowing from his eyes. Seeing Arjuna's condition, Krishna spoke the next verse, 1865. Fix your mind on me, manmana bhavabad bhakto, majjaji mam namaskaru. You want to know the topmost? I'll give you. This is it. This is how you do it. So, sambanda, this is the most confidential. Bhajan, manmana bhavabad bhakto, you know, and, and, and abandon all other religion. This is it. This is your practice. And what's the attainment? The attainment. Practice, the sadhana is the same and intended to reach the sadhya, 
Krishna. Fix your mind on me. In other words, be of such disposition as to have your mind established in me, Sri Krishna, as I am at present standing directly before you as a friend. Jiva Goswami goes on and on and on. But we'll just keep walking through it because it's it just gets it's it starts out like a little pile of sugar and then it gets more and more voluminous and it will become a a mountain of uh, sweetness by the time we reach his conclusion. In a similar vein, Krishna goes on, become my devotee, Madbhakto Bhava, which is to say, be one whose only aim is me. By repeating the pronoun my, mat, throughout the verse, Krishna implies that bhajan involving, involving the replication of specific spiritual practices is to be undertaken strictly in regard to him alone and not simply to God in general terms. You know, it's just, Isvara Tattva is, is one thing, but Krishna Tattva is another. Krishna Bhajan is another altogether. Krishna then describes the outcome that corresponds precisely to the sadhana thus indicated. You will come to me alone. Mam eva ivashi. Here also, by use of the emphatic uh, particle eva, Krishna indicates his superiority alone above all. What business do you have with anyone else? It is to me alone that you must come. So, well, did he make it? That would be the inquiry, right? Did he make it there? Did he actually attain the goal? Surrender to me alone. You will come to me. Then Jiva said, yes, he made it. How do you know? Sri Parikshit makes evident Arjuna's attainment of this very outcome to Kali. He he revealed this knowledge to Kali. Parikshit, Kali. So there's a verse that Parikshit spoke at that time. Now that Sri Krishna has departed far beyond to his own abode, accompanied by the wielder of the Gandiva bow, Arjuna. You have become an offender by secretly beating innocent creatures. Hence, you deserve punishment by death. So there is the the definitive proof coming from Arjuna's grandson that Arjuna is with Krishna. He attained that goal. Jiva continues. Two more verses, and then I'll quit. 1865, because we're almost 1866. By saying, I promise this truly unto you, satyamte, meaning, in this regard, I make a solemn vow to you alone. 
Krishna exhibit. This is this is Jiva pouring out the inner meaning of these concluding verses of the of the Bhagavad Gita. This is what Krishna means here. This is what Krishna is saying. He's saying, I vow to you, you will come to me. I make a solemn vow to you. Krishna exhibits his special love for Arjuna. According to the Amarakosha lexicon, the word satyam is used when making a promise or stating a fact, again out of extraordinary grace to further enhance the sense that the instruction being given is the foremost of all secrets, sarva guyatama. Krishna says, I promise this to you because you are dear to me. Jiva goes on. Arjuna might raise the following objection. How can my mind, which is upset by a host of obstacles, become established exclusively in you? In response, Krishna speaks the next verse. Abandon completely all conventional duties. Seek refuge in me alone. I will free you from all sins. Do not grieve. Then Jiva Goswami will proceed to explain that uh, more fully. Any questions? Yes, ma'am. Was Arjuna worried that he wouldn't be with Krishna? Because he's with Krishna right now. Krishna's talking to him. Why would Krishna say, if you want to be with me, then... You know what I mean? Like, was Arjuna thinking he wouldn't be with Krishna? Surely you will attain me. He already attained him. He's right with him. Yeah, but who's Arjuna representing in this whole dialogue? Yeah, so in that way it's... Yeah. Okay. It's instructional for all of Krishna's devotees. He's using using Arjuna as, as that focal point so that anyone who enters, who can understand these instructions... Uh, their hair will stand on end and they will remember this discourse again and again and again. So, uh, yeah, Arjuna's an eternal associate, but he's not playing an eternal associate. He's playing a conditioned living entity. He's saying, I can't control my mind. I can't control my senses. I'm bewildered. Look at me. I've dropped my bow. I can't even fight anymore. I, you know, so... Yeah, he's he's an eternal associate. That doesn't diminish the fact that he's for our benefit playing the part. Yeah, well, that's the nature of of any any involvement in in material affairs. Is the devotee is always fearful of maintaining his relationship with Krishna. Even the pure devotee comes and preaches. Prabhupada said, I just pray I don't fall down tomorrow. I mean, that's the, that's the continual consciousness of a devotee, that Krishna will go away. Even when they're with Krishna in the topmost leela, what are they afraid? Krishna's going to leave me. He's going to go away. You know, so it's, 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 a, it's a constant source of anxiety. But in the, in the, on the transcendental plane, it's it's a source of transcendent separation, which is actually more absorbing 
because in separation we're more absorbed in remembering Krishna than we're, when we're with him. Okay, well, thank you so much for your association.